Hi, I'm Kelsey Burley, and I'm an IVF warrior and infertility advocate, using my platform to spread awareness about infertility. And I'm Elizabeth King. I'm a certified fertility coach, life coach, bereavement doula, and new parent educator. I'm here to support and serve the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bring your new baby home and everything along the way. Welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Where we talk about the dreams and dilemmas of life, fertility, motherhood, and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi there. We are here with Pretty Little Tribe and with Dr. Karen Stewart, who is a nationally renowned psychologist specializing in sex and couples therapy. She's going to join us today and we will let her introduce herself. Well, hi guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, Dr. Karen Stewart, licensed clinical psychologist based in Los Angeles. Um, I specialize in sexual dysfunction and couples, which basically means um, I deal with anything that has to do with bedroom activity and out of the bedroom activity to get you into the bedroom. (laughs) Easiest way to explain it. Perfect. Which I feel like there's very few people in the world that don't need to have that information. So that's good. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Very true. Yes, I think unfortunately all of us uh, have had times in our lives and that probably would have been uh, something to work on, right? Yes. So that kind of touches on it a little bit, but what is a sex therapist? So basically what a sex therapist is, and there's there's a lot of misconceptions about it. So um, again, I'm a clinical psychologist and I focused my practice and my career on building healthy sexual relationships. So when somebody is seeking out a sex therapist, either as an individual or as a couple, they're experiencing some difficulty in that part of their lives. So it could be lack of desire. It could be difficulties having sex, whether, you know, some of the major uh, diagnoses I have would be either premature ejaculation or orgasm disorders. Um, Addiction is huge right now, um, especially porn addiction. Um, And then, and then it deals with issues that, you know, potentially are kind of outside the bedroom, which would be um, infidelity or lack of desire for partner, different levels of interest, different levels of desire. So, we kind of deal with the entire gamut. That's so cool. How did you get into this? So I'm from Michigan and um, I was doing some research on professors um, out here in California. And I knew I wanted a a big change in my life and I wanted to be in an environment that was a little more open-minded. So that led me to California. And I've always been interested in sexuality and I've always thought that was a huge part of a relationship. Um, I'm fortunate to have a family that my parents stayed together, but I'm part of the generation where a lot of people started having divorce and a lot of this was, you know, people's families started falling apart. So I thought, you know, why don't I try to find a particular part of psychology that would help, you know, maybe, maybe keep the relationship a little bit stronger. So I found a professor out here in LA that ultimately ended up working with, um, that also specialized in sexual dysfunction and desire and, uh, the rest is history. Here I am. That's That's awesome. awesome. Did you ever feel like it was a taboo? like field direction to go in when you were kind of contemplating it or were you like, there was no question for you? The only time I felt it was weird in all honesty was when, I mean, I I got into school early and I was in my early twenties when I moved out here and it's weird to tell, you know, your conservative grandparents and aunts and uncles like, so I'm going to move to California and I'm going to, you know, go work with, you know, a sex therapist. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? So me personally, no, um, because it's, it's just like any other diagnosis. You know, a lot of my friends maybe specialize in 
childhood depression. So to me, that would be really hard and complicated because I don't gravitate towards that. Yeah. Somebody else might find that, you know, to be their calling and, you know, we're, we're all a little bit different. And I think that's why we pick our specialties. Yeah, that's awesome. It's definitely needed. And I think the more that it's normalized, the more healthy the environment on everybody becomes, right? Yeah, how exactly. Yeah. It's so taboo. Yeah. Um, so in why and how we have brought you into this mix and how you fit into our world is we really focus a lot on fertility and mm -hmm you know, mommyhood and all of those things. And it plays such a heavy role in trying to conceive. And it often right. comes up. I know Kelsey and I both have had conversations like this and a lot of people with in our community sure. who have said, you know, when we're in that process, it becomes so heavy and the relationship breaks down in so many ways, but yeah. especially because, you know, you're constantly in this state of like, okay, we have to do it now, you right, know, right, right. it's a job. Time. Yeah. It's a yeah. chore. Yeah. It's a chore. Yeah. And so for anybody who's listening, that that's why we have brought um, Dr. Karen into this conversation to kind of help us understand and maybe get some tips on, the, you know, the whole process of trying yeah. to conceive and letting that not be so heavy on the relationship during that time and, and dealing with the performance issues that may come along with that. Sure. And, and in turn, you know, the women may become extremely disappointed if they are not being able to perform right, during right, that right. exact time of the month, so to speak. So Karen, well, thank if you, you for inviting me. Experience in dealing with couples that have gone through that. I have definitely worked with plenty of couples throughout the years and everything you just said is so, so true that, you know, we want sex to be fun. We want sex to be light, you know, in the beginning of trying to conceive or in the beginning of relationships, sex is this fun, exciting chore, you know, especially in the beginning of, you know, when you're trying to conceive, um, you know, you're following your ovulation and it's kind of like, oh, well, hopefully it happens this month. But then once, you know, you have to start really calculating, it does become a chore. And I have seen a lot of couples, like you said, really struggle with, with that intimate piece. Um, it, it's not sexy to, to wake up and tell your partner, you know, don't forget it's ovulation night. Uh, so I'll see you at six o'clock. Not fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it becomes a job. Um, one, one thing I can say is like a little intervention, um, that I've noticed with couples and that I've definitely told people to do. So it takes off that daunting task of the woman constantly reminding like, okay, we have from Thursday to Saturday is my ovulation this month. Have your partner put that on their phone too. Um, so that way, it, if it's more of a group effort, then maybe he will feel a little bit more empowered than he has to perform, you know, performance and that, you know, the P word perform can be really daunting for a lot of guys. I mean, what if he's not in the mood? What if he is just not feeling great tonight? Or he masturbated earlier today and he's like, shit, I forgot. Now I have to, you know, do this tonight. And he's truly can't, he's yeah. going to disappoint his partner. He's not in the mood now. So if he can take a little more responsibility for that, if they're both on the same page of wanting conception, then they can work on that. Um, number two, you know, it's okay to be able to say, you know, let's try to make this a date night. Let's go out and have some cocktails if you're into that. Let's go, you know, do a movie night. Let, let's do something instead of at, okay, you know, we just got out of work. Let's have some sex. Not fun, not cute, especially when you've been doing this month after month. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as the, excuse me, as far as to your point of like, I'm, I feel like I have performance anxiety or whatever. I feel like the women can feel that way too, you know, sure. not really in the mood, but it's what I have to do to make right. this happen. And oftentimes, of course, we're the ones that are more motivated because right. we want the end result, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 
you know, you feel like having sex. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you, you, you nailed it. It's that it becomes almost their quote job because they know that we only have this certain time of every month to have this, you know, to, to be able to ovulate, to be able to, you know, conceive and it does become a job. And I think women are much more likely than men to just say, all right, screw it. Let's just do this tonight. But that's not fun. It doesn't, it doesn't make for a connection. And, you know, I really believe in energy and I believe that your partner can pick up on that. I mean, if, even if he is watching it and he's like, Hey, you know, so tonight's the night. Right. And you're like, Oh God. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To have, you know, to be able to talk through that with your partner, to be able to say, you know, it's okay to say no, even during those times, it's also okay to say, let's, let's postpone until the morning. Like what can you do to put yourself in the mood? You know, especially during these quarantine times, so many women, I'm working with actually two women right now and a couple that are really struggling because, you know, some people have, you know, maybe don't look the same as they did a year ago. Maybe they've gained a little weight. Maybe they haven't put lipstick on in, in six months. You know, we are all living in our sweatpants, uh, you know, on the couch and trying to work and do something that's going to make you feel good to make you feel sexual. You know, you, that is a big click for that because you want to feel good about yourself to be able to connect with your partner. Mm-hmm. I want to get personal for a second. Um, So for us, we were trying to conceive for about a year and my, you know, it's funny because you're like, oh, have them put it in their calendar. Um, My husband was like, I don't want to know. Don't tell me because it's like really on for him, you know, and he felt that pressure to perform. And it was like, we like every time that time came and he almost knew because I would initiate it. And he's like, I know you're ovulating. And then it was like, it was too hard for him to just like, know, like under so much pressure. So he actually did go see a therapist for this because it was like, well, how are we going to have a kid? If like every month around the same time, you just like, you get all this anxiety over it, you know? (laughs) You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh How did you guys tackle that then? Did he end up getting a little more relaxed around the time? I mean, well, it might've been like some of the therapy sessions as well, but we actually ended up having to do IVF anyway. So it kind of took sex out of the equation, but, um, and once that happened, I mean, he was totally fine. It was like, oh, I don't even have to worry about it. Okay. And it's like, like, (laughs) it took the pressure off, right? Yeah. Yeah, Super interesting. And it makes such a difference though. Doesn't it Kelsey, when you like from again, for Kelsey's perspective, having gone through both sides too, of like, now that's completely off the table, no matter what, honestly, right. She's had an eptopic, so she knows she actually can't get pregnant naturally. Mm -hmm. So that mentality in and of itself is like, woohoo, like, like, it's a whole new world, right? It's, it's for, just all fun now. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's the catch is it's all for fun now. It takes away the job. So, you know, I, I think, you know, when I counsel women about this is that, you know, it sounds like you did it right in the way of like, you didn't put the pressure on like, don't forget tonight's the night. You know, it's more right. like you just initiated it naturally. Of course, he's going to know that rhythm. He's going to pay attention. Like she did this like exactly one month ago. Okay. <laughs> he's going to know, but it sounds like you did it right. in, in that okay. way, you know, a lot of men have performance anxiety anyway, um, just because they, they know they want to please us. And especially when you're adding conception in, that is mm-hmm. tenfold. So to be able to, you know, be kind to your partner. If your partner's struggling with performance anxiety, it does not help to know that you that you just disappointed him or he just disappointed yeah. you. It doesn't help. Okay. Try, try to be, you know, we're on the same page. It's okay. You know, soothe him in a certain way. 
whatever you can do to feel like you're on the same page. Because when men have issues with performance, they really feel like they're on an island and they feel like this, there's this huge spotlight on them that they messed up. What's, you know, and that's, you know, it's, it's really connected to ego for them. So it is. I could tell it really, yeah. yeah, I could tell it affected him, like his manhood. Yeah. Like I just, I felt so bad because I'm like, it's okay. You know, I'm right. like trying to comfort him, but inside I'm like, Oh, I hate you right, right now. Right. But. Right. It's like, damn it. We have, we only have these couple days and I know. Yeah. So, and also to kind of take that time frame off, you know, we all know as women that we only have these certain couple days every month. And you know, when you're on month, like you said, you know, you did it for a year. I mean, when you're on month eight, nine, 10, 15, it does become exhausting and it does become a chore. So you know, I understand that we all have a biological clock, but sometimes it's better to completely take that off the table and just say, all right, as of, you know, April 1st, we're not calculating this anymore. I, I'm, I'm, I promise you, I'm not going to look at my calendar. Obviously, you know, your body, but let's just go back to enjoying each other. You've got to take a little break. You really do. And at what point, like, that's awesome that Kelsey's husband was open to going to a therapist, yes. but at what point does somebody approach their husband to say, like, I think this is, become an issue in our marriage, you know, and maybe you should try talking to somebody. Cause I know for a lot of men, they don't want to hear that. Right. Of course. Right. So how do, like from a woman's perspective, what do you suggest to kind of, well, and maybe that's not even it. Maybe it's not even going to a therapist. Maybe there's steps before that, but you get what I'm getting at. I, I, I totally get what you're getting at. Number one, I would say, if you feel that your partner needs to go to a therapist, I would personally try to soft sell it and say, what can we do about this? Should we go talk to somebody? You know, I've had plenty of people call, especially women who will call and say, we are having an issue with performance. You know, my husband hasn't had an erection in six months. It's clear she wants him to talk to someone. Yeah. But sometimes we need to hold their hand, you know, and yeah. hopefully, and I've had plenty of situations where I flat out have told the couple, look guys, you know, so-and-so, why don't you just come in this time? Let, let's just, why don't we do a couple sessions together? Then we'll invite your partner back, but let, let's just see if there's some things we can talk about. And I think they almost need that like comfort of having somebody there. Um, if there is some performance, you know, performance anxiety, it's always good to get a medical review. Um, that, that's one thing I do require from men that, um, that do come in by themselves is you've got to get your testosterone checked, call your urologist, make sure everything medically is going okay. Because if you're having medical problems, the psychological stuff is not going to help. So mm -hmm. you have to kind of clear up that stuff first. And do you often see a correlation with that or is it kind of random? Sometimes there is some correlation with the, with the medical stuff. Yeah. It's like with their testosterone is low, then it's automatically the fact that they're not able to perform or yeah. It's definitely not an automatic thing. You know, by the time somebody gets to me, it is definitely a psychological issue. And it, frankly, it has to be. If somebody has really low testosterone, there's not really a big point to working with me at that point until we get that medical issue solved. Because if you are completely 100% confident and you're feeling good about yourself psychologically, but your body is holding you back, then it's, it, it's, kind, of, it's kind of chicken or the egg type thing. You know, you yeah. should probably focus on the testosterone, focus on building that back up then work on the psychological connection with that. And in your experience, how long does that take usually for a man to be on testosterone, to be able to see the difference of, okay, this is working. And now I physically, I can tell a difference. Testosterone is one of those really funny things where I have worked with somebody who had extremely low testosterone and they had literally one treatment because they go in for multiple treatments. After the first treatment, their numbers shot up and they really noticed a difference. 
sometimes it's several months. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those cliche answer, cliche answers, but everybody's different. You know, yeah. there's no magic cure. There's no, you're going to have three sessions and be cured. Um, you know, to bring it back to more of my work with the psychological confidence, you know, it can be very damaging. And what's interesting is that, you know, maybe those situations where your 45 year old husband is having erectile problems that could have started at 16 when, you know, he lost his erection during the first time he had sex and, you know, his little girlfriend made fun of him and told everybody else in the school. And now he's being triggered by that. So it's mm -hmm. fascinating how often those stories come up, okay. um, which, you know, and that's why, again, it, it's good to talk to a professional because like, oh, that was, you know, 30 years ago, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is you're clearly still being affected by it now Yeah, because wow. you, you had that shame and embarrassment. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I'm just, again, thinking of our community and certain situations that may come up as far as <clears throat> needing, because there's so much, it's the whole process is so heavy, right? As far as ability <clears throat> in and of itself. And then to have to add on, okay, now we need to find somebody to help us with this side of the game too. Right. Like it's right, almost right. like, oh my gosh, one more thing. But that one more thing is so important in so many facets, like not only to help you conceive, but also to keep you connected as a couple and not just become a robot about yes. like, this is our relationship now. Right, um, right. So again, I want to go back to, is there any specific tips that you would suggest for just kind of reconnecting on a, like an intimate level aside from having sex. Yeah, I love that. I and I think you you know you nailed it. You're going to these doctors on such a regular basis, and it's becoming this big second job. And to continue doing what you were doing, you know, basically when you met or before you started this journey, mm -hmm. you know, have you cut back on date nights because maybe the expenses of fertility treatments are so crazy. That's you know, true. or have you cut back on seeing friends? Have you cut back on drinking? Have you cut back on doing fun things? Pay attention to what also has been lost in your life. You know, we're, we're all on a budget. If, if that's one of the reasons, can you be creative? Can you find, I mean, again, we're in quarantine, so that makes it more challenging to, to be able to connect and have date nights, but where there's a will, there's a way, you know, there's a, always a way to reconnect with your partner, trying not to focus on it, which I know is very hard, but <laughs> to remember the things you guys used to talk about, you know, pay attention to your conversations. Are you talking about fertility every night at dinner? Not a sexy topic, you know, talk about their day. And, you know, and I will also say in my experience, I've noticed that a lot of men will talk about that they feel so left out in a way, you know, like she hasn't asked about my day in two months and she doesn't know that I, you know, she forgot I got a promotion and go back to that connection. Make sure you're checking in about somebody's day, somebody's family, you know, make it more of that intimate connection outside the bedroom. So there's not so much pressure once you get in the bedroom and definitely have sex for fun. If you, if you're in the mood for that, or at least even cuddling on the couch, we forget to do, you know, because we become so focused on this one topic. Yeah. That's great advice. And I wanted to, oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to ask you just cause I think all the fun gets taken out of sex when you're trying to conceive for so long. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, we are in such a routine. Like we do the same, um, we're in the same position. Like we're doing all these yeah. same things. And like, I just feel like that's like what we know works, but I don't know. I just feel like, how do you, 
we need ways to like spice up our sex life, but that aren't too awkward for like someone who's been doing the same thing for so long. So I think that's something fun to go over because I feel like it can get boring. You know, it's like repetitive. We're doing the same thing, same position. And it's like, okay, we need to like do something here to like make this a little bit more, you know, like a fantasy fun, you know? So, okay. The first question I'll ask you, which I ask everybody is that same position. Is that the only position you've ever done with him? No, but it's probably 98%. <laughs> okay. So yeah. if you've ever done things in the past, let, let's say for instance, you know, most of us are a little more experimental when we first get to know each other because we're excited, you know, yeah. where it's our first couple of times having sex and maybe it's the first months or think back to those times, you know, think back uh-huh. to that time. Like that was really hot when we, you know, took a shower together, you know, when I did this position, when he did that, he really liked when I wore that dress. God, he looked so hot in that. Go back to things you've already done. You know, sometimes it's very daunting. If, if you're a couple that's only, let's just say for argument's sake, you've only done missionary, that's the only thing you do. Mm-hmm. It is daunting to pull out of your trick bag. Like, let's, you know, I'll be on top. Let's do a doggy style that you might be like, what the hell, where's this coming from? So start with something you've already done. You know, that's the easiest way. So you can go back to that. Um, yes, I know when you have children and, you know, other people in your house, it's hard to really mix it up, but could you have sex in a different area of your house? You know, could you mix it up? When was the last time you made out on the couch? You know, That's just true. to have fun. A different atmosphere would like a make it atmosphere. a different setting. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it, good. And even silly things that, you know, we think are so cliche, but really do change. Like when is the last time you lit some candles in your bedroom? You know, when mm-hmm. is the last time you wore something different to bed? I mean, it doesn't need to be a full blown, you know, stripper outfit, but you know, have you, have you worn a nighty in the last, you know, couple months? <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does change things, you know, and That's for him, I mean, yeah, thank you. And yeah, it just, feels so simple too, right, Kelsey? Like, oh yeah, I'm like, you're right. Like, <laughs> one little thing could make him be like, oh, you know, I'm, exactly. you know, fighting like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also to, to talk to him about that too. You know, if, if you're feeling that kind of monotony and boredom, he probably is too. And you know, it's a great conversation starter to add a little spice to say, so what, you know, we've been kind of doing the same position. I mean, not complaining because it's good, but what did you used to like to do? And he uh-huh. may have a whole, he might say, well, remember when you used to do this, that was so hot. I <laughs> or, you know, you haven't let me do this in a while or bring it up to him, you know, put, yeah, it, put it back on your partner because that way, maybe they already have some ideas, you know, and that way you can also initiate you know, some new fun stuff too. And how about that awkward conversation of just like talking about your wants and needs in the bedroom? I mean, I don't even know, like, I know that he has fantasies and, you know, but I, we don't talk about them. And I think like, sometimes I'm like, is he holding back? Like, is there something he likes that, you know, he's not telling me like, it's just, but I think he's too shy to come forward and say like, Ooh, I like when I choke you or pull your hair, whatever it may be, you know, but, um, how, like, how do you have that initial conversation with your partner? I guess. It always is hard because it's yeah, not a topic okay. that we sit up, we sit down and have dinner, you know, so, right. so awkward, what would you like yeah. to do tonight? It's awkward <laughs> as hell. But what's yeah. interesting is you're saying it's awkward. You are talking about it to, you know, arguably strangers publicly right now. And you just said it so eloquently, I know. you know, so I am positive. You've talked to your girlfriends about this. Probably everybody listening has been like, well, I told my girlfriend, I would like to do blah, 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 All but you're time. not telling your partner. And yeah. that's fascinating to me always. And I always point that out. And it's like, why does your best friend know you want to try this position and your husband doesn't? So thinking about it like that, this is the most intimate person in your life. And, you know, I mean, I guess the worst that's going to happen is he's going to say, no, everything's perfect. I don't want to change. Okay. That's possible. Right. Very unlikely. 
Yeah. Very unlikely. <laughs> Especially if you start with a compliment of saying, hey, I'm really enjoying what we're doing, but do you remember that time we used to do this? Or God, it's been a long time since we've done that. And then, like you said, asking him about his fantasies, you know, saying like, so, so what do you, what do you think about, you know, when, when you're having your own private time or, you know, he might right. share, he might not, Yeah. Uh-huh. if you make it about you, like, so what are some things you remember that, you know, what have I not done in a while? You know, he might say, well, gosh, I, I love when you used to what you me. ask though, right? I know, <laughs> because right? What you like, ask, oh, because you. they're like, I oh, damn, not. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> You're like, just kidding except for that <laughs> just no. kidding i'm good except for all four of those things you had no, in mind right? i don't want to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally and from my perspective i'm going to throw out what about postpartum like what do you say to couples that are you know on the other side of the fence now with kids running around yeah. and literally not sleeping like literally right. like literally not night. sleeping yeah. um you know and the last thing you want to do is be intimate in any sort of fashion. You just want to sleep, like quite honestly. Right. Like I'd rather take that time and sleep if I possibly can. But obviously, <laughs> you know that's not healthy, and you don't want to go down that road. But what do you suggest to couples that are kind of in that, you know, first few years of trying to figure out this new situation of having kids around and babies and all kinds of stuff? I definitely have, I like to talk to women about focusing on if there is the desire there, but like you said, you know, I desire you, I want you, but honey, I'm so tired. I'm sorry. You know, you do have to make the effort. If, if you're, if you're happier and, you know, feeling in a better mood in the morning, maybe you have to switch to morning sex. Maybe it's afternoon. Maybe it is literally scheduling a babysitter. So you guys can have two hours by yourselves. And again, you know, especially in this last year, we've had quarantine it has been extremely challenging for couples to be able to, you know, to connect when you have your kids in your house, literally every day, all day, a lot of people don't have help now, or, you know, things have changed, but to keep that desire going, um, you know, when we're talking, talking about postpartum depression, that's a whole another situation. You know, if yeah. you're really feeling that flatlined depression, talk to your professional immediately because you don't want to get that too far. Um, you know, just being open and honest, you know, are, you're not ready for sex tonight, but could you exchange, you know, some massage? Could you at least cuddle? Do you, could you at least have physical contact with, with your partner opposed to just not having sex? And sometimes I hate to say it, you do have to preface it. You know, if men haven't, you know, had any sex in a while, like holding their hand might, they might look at that as a signal as I'm in like, no, 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 hold on. Like, I just want to touch you. I, I miss your touch. I'm sorry. I'm not up for sex tonight, but I, I need, I need to feel you, feel you. Yeah. I know with a lot of my clients too, who are postpartum, not depression, but after post baby and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the guys are like, okay, is our six week, eight week mark? Are we good to go? Yeah. 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 (laughs) You literally leave the doctor's office that it's on and it just doesn't work that way for women. Right. Like No, there's a lot of things that are happening down there, whether you've had a vaginal birth or a C-section that's sure like it's, you don't just kind of go back as you we know, can't turn the light switch on. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, oh yeah, it's March 1st. It's, it's game on. That doesn't yeah. happen for a lot of women. It, yeah. it really and doesn't. They feel and... guilty about it because the doctor right. has signed off that, you know, from a physical standpoint, you're good to go, yes. but mm-hmm. mentally you're like, I'm just not there yet. But then you feel bad right. because he's there and you're not. So how do you like, what do you do in that situation? I think again, it has to be that open, honest conversation of while I appreciate the doctor gave me, you know, the medical clearance, 
I'm just not there right now. This has nothing to do with my desire for you. It's yeah. my body is not ready. Yeah. I, I am tired. I don't feel good. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of psychologically not there, you know, and, and to reassure them if it's not about them, if it's about yeah. truly just your own hormones changing and your stress level and, you know, you're, you have a very full-time job taking care of a, a baby now to be able to remind them of that. And, you know, some men do feel very left out in that process where, you know, arguably women do a lot of the work in the beginning, you know, if they're breastfeeding or and their bodies are changing. And so, you know, to be able to have that connection, check in with them, say, you know, I, I know, I know you're ready to go. I apologize when I'm ready. I promise you, I will, I will reconnect with you. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully that won't, that won't be too long. You know, that's, that's also one of the times when a large drought will start, you know, and couples will call me and say, you know, okay, our child's a year old now and we still haven't reconnected. That, that's a problem. That's yeah, a problem. That and that's something, you know, to definitely look at is there, there's some postpartum depression hiding in there. Is there, you know, what, what can both of you do to work on this relationship at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice again. Thank you. I'm just thinking back to like growing up and I feel like I was like this wild sexual human being and like, it's weird. I'm in my thirties now and I just feel like my sex drive has totally decreased. I mean, is that pretty common? I mean, I just feel like I'm not, I have like barely any sex drive anymore. And I don't know if it's, I know I've gone through IVF and it's messing with my hormones and stuff, but even before that, like my sex drive went down a lot and I'm not sure if that's normal or I think it's pretty normal as a general perspective. I think it's pretty normal. You know, okay. I think what happens is that when, you know, when we're young and fun and we have no cares in the world and no mortgages, no kids, no dogs, you know, right. just like, let's have sex every day, all day. But, you know, frankly, life catches up with us. Um, yeah. I also feel that, you know, we fall into ruts very quickly when we're in long-term relationships. People in their twenties have long-term relationship droughts. You know, they might say, well, we were having sex three times a day. Now it's maybe three times a month. And now I can't remember last time we did that could happen in your twenties. So right. that is when you really have to look at why am I not doing this? Like when you're saying, you know, I don't have any sexual desire. Yes. You probably, your hormones are, you know, a little off right now, okay. but what is there anything else going on? You know, are you bored? You know, are, do you need to spice things up with, with your partner? Do you need to reconnect in a certain way? You know, you were saying about like, we only do one position. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little stale right now. You know, maybe yeah. there is something to do to spice things up. Um, totally. You know, are, are you guys going to end up being the couple that still has sex, you know, tw- twice a day and three times on the weekend? Probably not, okay. but you could increase your frequency if you want to. Yeah. Okay. That's good. And what are your thoughts about couples scheduling sex? I have mixed feelings about that, but this is how I had to say it. That, you know, oftentimes by the time people get to me, it might have been several weeks, several months since they've been physical. If it means to, and you know, and the, that's when a lot of intimidation comes in, you know, a, a lot of resentment is there. So mm-hmm. if it requires you to say, what, what I like to do is I like to keep it loose of, okay, I'm meeting you guys on Wednesday could you be able, could you have sex before you see me next Wednesday? And I'm like, well, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, okay. What, but what's realistic. Okay. You know, if it's not realistic on Thursday and Friday, but it's going to be Saturday. Okay. Let's have that in the back of your mind. Uh Somebody has to pick up the ball and get this game going again. You have to be able to do it. I don't like being, you know, I know a lot of professionals will say you have to have sex every, you know, Friday and Saturday until you get this back. If you're really not in the mood, you're not in the mood. It should not be a chore, but Arguably, and I also ask the couples, if after your sexual experiences, you both feel connected, you both feel happier, then what we're doing is we're looking at, you know, it's an initiation problem. 
you know, if the couples agree, yeah, I love sex with my partner. It's great. It's fun. Then it's initiation. So then, yeah, you should schedule sex for Saturdays because, you know, I don't know, the kids have a play date or you have, you know, some, a little time by yourselves. That makes total sense. Awesome. I kind of want to, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. That was it. I was just going to say, I kind of want to switch gears and talk about like the funnest part about sex, which is orgasming. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. And I feel like that's, me and my girlfriends always, yes, I feel like my girlfriends and I are always sitting around like, oh, do you orgasm during sex? Do you? Like, we're all like, you know, so like, right. oh my God, you have an orgasm every time you have sex. Like, how? <laughs> and it's right. like not as common for half my group as it is for the other half. And so sure. is there... Is, is there any, you know, thing that we should be doing differently? Is it a position we should be trying that like you can get there easier or? Okay. First of all, your friends that can have sex, that can have an orgasm every time they're having sex. Good for them because that is frankly that. pretty rare, pretty <laughs> rare. Um, but whatever works for your body, I strongly consider doing that. And I strongly consider telling your partner that, you know, some women can only have sex with, you know, manual stimulation. Some people can only do it with oral some people can only do it when they're on top. Whatever works for you, tell your partner that and make sure it happens. You know, vast majority of women that I know are not going to have an orgasm every time. If they can, that's fabulous. That means right. they know their bodies very well. And they're frankly, probably pretty open about saying, this is what I want. So, yeah. you, you know, and again, give, your, give yourself permission to not have an orgasm every time either, by the way. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I think, you know, we put a lot of pressure on our partners for that. Our partners feel pressure like, wow, it's been three times and you didn't have an orgasm. Do you not mm -hmm. like me? Sometimes we're not even thinking about it. Sometimes you're having a great time, but it's just not going like, to happen. I also feel like I can still like it and not have an orgasm. Yes. So, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, with, with the orgasm talk, and again, it's funny, you're very open about talking about this with your friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk to him about it. If he's, if he's missing the boat on something, say, I, you know, I always like to start with a positive, especially with men. I love when you do this to me, you know, yeah. or if you're in the middle of screwing around, say, could you do a little more of that? They want to please you. So yeah. he, he will, he will try. <laughs> no, and we do. And actually like, you know, however, orally or with a toy or whatever, he'll make sure that I get my pleasure, yeah. but it's like, I've, I want to like have sex and be like, you know, do it at that time, but it's just not. That is same. a great idea in theory. <laughs> But you know, I would say personally that, you know, just from the way our bodies are shaped and, you know, where everything right. is for pleasure, mm -hmm. missionary is probably the hardest, unless you're stimulating yourself during missionary, it's really hard to have, you know, an orgasm that way. Yeah. I think probably the easiest one would be woman on top because it, it can kind of hit more of our oh, right. pleasure sensors um, or sometimes from, from behind is good. But uh -huh. Again, whatever works for your body. And if your friends, again, bravo to them. If they can have uh, an orgasm every time. <laughs> that seems pretty rare, but okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have anything else that you want to add, Karen? And also question, I'm assuming that you're seeing people all over the place now, especially during quarantine. Like where can our yes. people find you, our tribe find uh, your tribe can find me on my website, which is uh, Um, And yeah, I am seeing people everywhere. I literally am seeing people around the world now, which has been probably the only benefit of quarantine yeah. is this, is the Zoom. You know, I have, I have somebody over in Europe right now that is, it's just fascinating that, you know, they saw one of my shows or whatever, and here they are. So that's amazing. You know, if you, you know, and like, I guess the kind of tidbits is if you're starting to think that you're either getting in a drought or getting in a rut 
talk about it. You know, I, yeah. I do think it's always funny. Like, you know, with Kelsey, you were saying like, your girlfriends know all about your sex life, no. but your husband doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So think about that. And I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of, a lot of women. I mean, we share everything with our girlfriends, but ironically, you should be sharing that with somebody else. So. Absolutely. No, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you're very you. welcome. Well, thank, thank you, guys. you so much, Karen, thank for your you. time. Yeah. And we look forward to having you on again. Well, thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Thank Take care, you. guys. Thank you. Take <laughs> care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Pretty Little Tribe. And if you related to this episode, take a screenshot and hashtag Pretty Little Tribe because we want to see those in our DMs so then we can share them on our story too and give you some love back. Of course, if you have a topic idea or want to be on the podcast, email us at prettylittletribe at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks again for joining your tribe today. We'll see you next time. 